and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you are joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. And we are in the fourth part of the series, hashtag, we are that church. So I want to give you an overview. I want to kind of work backwards and tell you a couple quick things, and then we're going to jump right in and do the last part. First thing that I want to tell you is we're starting a new sermon series next week that I'm pumped about. It's called Let's Get It On. <laughs> Let's get it on. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing the singing if anybody was wondering. Praise the Lord for that. Someone should say amen. But, um, but, I'm, but I'm excited about it. It's going to be relationships. It's going to be, um, we're going to talk specifically about singles in this series. We're going to talk specifically about a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't want to cover. But I ain't scared. Come on, somebody. So we're going to have a good time, and we're going to let's get it on. We're going to have a video this week for y'all. <laughs> Dial all fours. All right, so hope y'all, <laughs> some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but you'll, you'll know eventually. It's going to be fun. And then um, we have the promise that is taking place right now. It's not, it's not necessarily coming up. It's, it's upon us. Um, but a couple people have asked me questions this week, and so I wanted for clarity to give y'all some stuff in the booklet that some of you got and all of you can get. It says in there that um, our first real, our down payment is due on March the 8th. So if anybody's wondering if we're taking up a specific offering, the answer is no. We're not taking up a one-day offering or a specific offering. Here's the offering we're taking up because a lot of y'all have had questions and I feel like I'm supposed to give this clarity. We're taking up an offering whenever for the promise. Here's what I'm asking y'all to do and I'm not going to mention it again today. I just want y'all to do exactly what God puts on your heart. Here's what I know and I'm really going to preach on it today but not the promise. I'm going to preach on more specifically the portion and not the promise, but here's what I know for sure. I could manipulate y'all and I could sell it, man. I really believe it. I know God's told us to do this and I know this is his plan for our church. And so I could really come up here like a salesman and I could sell this thing. And I know that, that since I have that ability and since God has put it on my heart, that's there for an option, but I, I'm going to choose his option. And what his option is, is you say yes to him, whatever that yes is. God's already moved, y'all. I'm celebrating that God's already moved, and God's already told some of you what to do. And I just say thank you. I will tell you privately, but I'm saying publicly thank you for your obedience. I'm telling y'all this, and I'm moving on. A simple act of obedience is greater than the greatest breakthrough you can imagine. Because God, listen to me, please, God has already given us the breakthrough. So never celebrate the breakthrough above the Lord. He's the promise. If we act in obedience with what he's called us to do, I'm telling you that land is ours. I don't hope it happens. It is ours. And I'm pumped. Nobody else has to be, but I'll shout, yes, I'm pumped. So um, if you have more questions, we would be more than happy to answer them. Really, if you need information, every bit of it um, is in the book. But 
We're glad to answer it, but I'm excited about this, y'all. March the 8th is going to be a great day. And I'm crazy enough to believe that on March the 8th, God is going to intervene for us. And let me I'm, that's bad wording. God has intervened for us. He's not going to. He already has. And we're going to shock the world with what happens. Because I just like God's stories better than my stories. So nobody else has to agree with me. I ain't going to get no help, but that's okay. <laughs> And then um, we are that church is about our core values. And so um, week to week we did this. We believe God. We worship God before something happens and pray it till it pray till it does. And then we're open handed. And that's really what I was just describing right there. But I'm just going to tell you all something. It's impossible to be open handed. Watch this. No matter how much you give, that doesn't that doesn't tell me that you're open handed if you give a lot of money or you give a lot of time. Open handedness is being willing to be obedient with today. That's it. Being willing to say, God, if you say it, I'm doing it today. That I don't have to navigate my way through next week. That I trust that you've already navigated through it. I'm going to walk with you. So I'm open-handed in everything that I got and everything that I do. That's what open-handed means. So because we know that God gives it, we give and serve freely. And then last week we did, we do life together. And we're going to build off of this. And if you miss it, I want you to go back and watch it. We talked about the Good Samaritan. But listen, we ain't the Good Samaritan. He is, but we get to be the end. And some of y'all aren't going to get that, but here's the deal with that. I just get to be a house, literally the house of God. He, he lives inside of here. And what God wants for me to do is not to be relevant, not to be cool. Thank God for that. Come on, somebody. Not, but, but, but he wants me to just be open to whatever, to share a meal with people, to love people, to, to live life together. Because listen to me, multiplication does not happen like we think it does. We celebrate the wrong things in church a lot because we celebrate rapid growth. And I'm not saying that's bad, but if it is not discipled, it is not good. It is a big gathering place. Listen, discipleship happens one-on-one. Discipleship happens with your brother, guys. And I'm not talking about biological brother. I'm talking about brethren. (laughs) That we look across the table and say, how's your relationship with your wife? How you doing at work? How's your time with the Lord? How you living? Sharing each other's burdens. God made us communal on purpose, and when we refuse to be, isolation is one of the devil's greatest weapons, y'all, because we believe we've hidden it, but I'm telling you, no things are hidden, and eventually they'll be revealed. And when we carry each other's burdens, knowing that, look at me, if y'all think that we're going to be perfect, wow, (laughs) we in trouble. Perfection isn't the goal. Perfect already came. We worship the perfect. So listen to me. This is a shameless plug. We got 10 new small groups already that are signed up that I know about, and there's probably more, not to mention the ones that already existed. Today, before you leave, go to that next steps desk and sign up for small groups, y'all. We're going to start with the Super Bowl party in a couple weeks, but instead of gathering here, we're going to gather at homes because we're actually going to be ends. We're going to gather in places that your small group meets, and we're going to love life together. And if y'all don't even want to watch the Super Bowl, I don't care. Y'all just hang out together. Because I understand not everybody cares about that. But I think that's better. And so we just decided to do that. And then the week after that, we're going to do an 80s prom for everybody that is part of our, our, our team instead of doing a Super Bowl party. So if that doesn't interest y'all, don't worry about it. You can be a little stuffy. I mean, we love you. But today, today, I think today's the best one. I'm a little biased because I get to preach it right now, but I think today's the best one. I'm going to tell you why. I think you can do all the other ones and really like it. But if you miss today, it's going to be a lot of work. 
So I'm going to mess with y'all's theology today, and it's going to be on purpose. Theology means what you believe about God. I'm going to mess with that because I believe that people read the Bible and they, they read the verse, if a man wants to eat, he's got to work, and they take it to heart, meaning that all my stuff has to come from what I do. And there's wisdom in that, y'all. If, if you're unwilling to work, <laughs> how many of y'all know that you ain't going to eat? Come on. But I want y'all to know that you have two options in this life. You work for it and get it. Or believe that God already did the work in you and you receive it. What is rightfully yours, your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Y'all don't have to talk to me. You can be quiet because this might be new for you. But I'm telling you right now, our two options are I work for it and therefore I believe I can receive it. Or God worked for it and I go walk into it. I get what he made me to have. The difference is what you believe about God, not what you do. We look at these people that we think are doing all these great things for God, and we're like, man, they work their tails off. They're such good at and, and fill in the blanks. And, and we have failed to realize that it is not that if God is really moving in their life. They've rested. Someone say rested. rested. In him, to, and then God begins to reveal the things that are mysteries that he does. So, so if I work for it, I don't believe that I can rest in him and then work. Is it confusing so far? because I feel like y'all might be a little confused. So let me preach on it a little bit. We love God and believe that you belong here is what the tagline is of we love like crazy. But y'all, I'm just telling you, every church in America puts we love God and love people. Are y'all awake? Yeah. But it ain't true. And then these other ones aren't true either because it all builds on love. All we need is love. Some of y'all aren't awake today. That was bad and y'all could have laughed. But Because love is such a mystery, it's so difficult because I can aim to love God, but if that is my sole aim and I don't live from his love, I get frustrated and then I work for it. And then, and then no matter what we say we believe, we actually show the world the opposite because we, we get frustrated with where we are. So I want to take you to two passages today. The first one is Revelation chapter 2 because I feel like it's so pertinent, so on time for where we are. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up where we left off in Luke 10 last week. The last verse is, now go and do likewise after the good Samaritan. And then the very next verse is Mary and Martha. And I really think it's going to change the way you think if y'all will lean in with me. So Revelation 2 says, to the angel, that's the pastor of the church in Ephesus, do not ever call me angel, please. <laughs> Although my name is P. Angel, so come on somebody. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> right. We just need to keep moving because that could get really out of hand. P angel. All right, here we go. The words of him who hold the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I don't have time to break all that down, but just know this. God did not put his light in you for you to hide it. That's, that's what he said, right? In Matthew chapter 5, he said, we don't hide it under a bushel. We used to sing that as a kid. Come on, if you grew up in church, hide it under a bushel. No, we're going to let it shine. So listen, can I ask y'all this question and we'll keep moving? If you don't want to hide it, then why do we hide it? Like, why do we, why do we feel the tension of political correctness where the two things you can't talk about are politics and religion? I don't care if you ever talk about religion, but what about relationship? What about Jesus? 
What about sharing a burden with somebody, not caring if they spit in your face and loving them enough to not let your light be hidden? Because I don't care if you give them the Romans road every time you meet with them. You can show them the love of God in everything that you do. But if you work for it, it's going to frustrate you and you're going to walk away from it. I'm telling you, and I know I'm talking to somebody in here because we got a lot of people that wish they had it, but they're walking away from it right now because they feel frustrated in their Christianity. He says, I know your works. Listen, I believe that this is such a good passage for us because I see what you guys do. Y'all are such amazing people. You serve and you work and you do such great things and you toil and your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but, but, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and, and are not and found them to be false. And I know you're, you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. And you have not grown weary. You keep on going. So what's the problem, Pastor? That sounds awesome. I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love that you had at first. You've forgotten. You've forgotten. How many of y'all know that love isn't that lustful feeling that you get when your wife I'm sorry if y'all feel inappropriate about this, but it's wearing some lingerie and you think that you feel love right then. Come on, don't be quiet right now. You feel something, but I'm just telling y'all, that's not the commitment that he's talking about right here. That's not the passion to endure. I'm going to just tell y'all that what love is is when the wrinkles come. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey. Because on my wedding day, the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen in my entire life was when my bride walked through those doors. But last night, she was more beautiful than that. Now, she may not be the 20-year-old version of Leah anymore, but I'm thankful that she has matured, that it's even better. But to a lot of people, they look for the next best thing because they forgot the love that they had at first with their bride. I'm here to tell y'all that you're the bride of Jesus Christ, male and female. That can be awkward for some of y'all. I'm not asking you to put a dress on, guys, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, we're the bride of Christ. When our bridegroom Jesus called us by name, looked into our hearts and said, I know what you are, but I want you to know what you can be in me, that I believe in you, that, that you are called to a purpose, that I know the hairs on your head. I've numbered your days. You are amazing. You're, fe you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that every single person that beats themselves up based on what they are have forgotten what he said you were. And as a result, I start trying to earn this. I start trying to work for what you think about me and try to make sure that you think that I love him enough rather than just sit in his love. And I get frustrated and I get overwhelmed. And he said, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, because you didn't fall because you weren't doing for God, y'all. You've fallen because you forgot what he thinks about you, and therefore you try to be good enough. You screwed up your life, and you try to make sure that you can make it better, but I don't know if y'all know this yet, but you ain't going to make it better. Amen. But he already paid the price for it. He said, and then this is the word. Everybody say, Repent. Say it again. Say repent. repent. Can I tell you all something? This is the problem in church right here. He says, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you, what's that word again? Repent. repent, which does not mean, by the way, that you won't be saved anymore. 
It just means the light that he puts in you. I'm going to use a churchy word, the anointing, the, the special gift that God placed on you will be taken because you decided that you had to earn it. You decided that God wasn't good enough to already place it in you, that all I have to do is work it out, work it out because he worked it in. He already paid the price for it. And since I think I've got to be good enough and I've got to earn his love, that I've got to pay for his love because there are certain places in Christianity that if you give me enough money, listen to me carefully, and you tell me that you're sorry, all is wiped away. I'm going to try not to say a bad word right now. That is such crap. Because now, don't get me wrong, there's a place for confession. But he's your high priest. I am not your high priest. I may be your P angel pastor. <laughs> but I'm, no, I'm not a high priest, y'all. Our high priest came and died on a cross and rose again on the third day, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he's sitting on the right hand of our Father. He's the one that speaks to our Heavenly Father for us. We pray through him. You do not ever have to tell me. And here's the problem in Christianity is we believe that you can come tell the pastor what you did wrong, and then the slate is wiped clean, and you don't have to worry about what happened before. And this never takes place because we love confession, but we, we live in cycles of continuing, continuing, continuing to do the same things. And no matter how much we get stirred up in our hearts, we find ourselves right back in the same cycle because we don't understand what this means. This comes from a Greek word, and it's metanosis. Everybody say metanosis. Meta is the same word that we use, metamorphosis, to change. And then the last word means to think. And it literally means the result of this is I change the way I think. It does not mean, pastor, my bad, I just sinned. You have not changed a, a single way you think. You're sad, some, and I'm not trying to be disingenuous. Sometimes people are genuinely broken for what has happened. They're not just sad they got caught. But your mindset hasn't changed a bit. So no matter how much you realize that you've forgotten your first love, you're like, dang it, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That is a good start. Confession always begins. But for me to change my mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that I offer my body a living sacrifice, not being conformed to the pattern of this world anymore. I can't wake up one day and just say, God, I'm not going to do it ever again. Because that doesn't work. If it worked, all of us would be perfect. So I get to decide every time that I wake up, is it my mindset that I want to go with or is it his mindset? Because pent means top. So I think his way. David said his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are, so are his ways and his thoughts higher than my own. So if I want to do the kingdom's way, then I've got to begin to understand that every day I have to start with what do I think that opposes what God thinks about me and about this world. Because I pick up the news a lot and I see what it can't be, but I'm telling you right now, that's not what God says about you. And if you continue to believe what you see about you or what you see about this world and that it's got to be that way, you have an unrepentant heart. I have an unrepentant heart because I believe the stuff about God. So I pat myself on the back and said, I'm going to go work for God. But I live as a completely unrepentant man with my thoughts dictating the world, my thoughts dictating my life. 
I shared this with the prayer team this morning. told them what I, I wasn't going to say it, and the Lord just told me to, so we're going to go with it. You know, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say this, but science teaches that we use about 10% of our brain. Are y'all with me? 10% of our brain. So that means I've got this, hopefully, big brain that, that <laughs> some of y'all got it. You'll get it later. And I worked so hard to try to get smarter, right? I, I study, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do, to study the Bible, to dig in, to apply it, to be a better dad, to be a better husband, to be a better father, to do all this stuff. And, and so I work and work and work and work and try to make sure. And then there's this part of my brain that doesn't even get used. And then I got this God who lives inside of me through his spirit, who is perfect in every way. And I'm just here to tell y'all, he uses 100% of it. Amen. Like he doesn't have to try. Amen. He just is. And I try to rely on that 10% and the smartest person in the world, God love them, they're amazing. We bow down before you, smartest person in the world. It's still, let's say they get 12%. Golf clap for them. It's still not all of it, but there's one that has it all. Amen. And you may not even get it. If you get it, then that's really cool. But I don't get it. <laughs> but I know when he says it, and I may not even be able to translate it to you, but I'm still going to go with it because he changes my mind every day. If I yield to him. So why do we not say yes, unrepentance? It's impossible to yield to what he calls us to do. If I'm unrepentant and I am so tired of the church being so confused about this word because we think if we get emotional in a service and come to the altar and pray and tell me what you did, that it changes anything. It is a beautiful thing. So please never hear me put down that. Because I really believe sometimes it's the starting point. But a lot of times it's the finishing point. And it's why we stay in our rut. Because I'm here to tell you all this, and I know it's messing with some of you all the way you believe. The devil loves it when you come front, if he knows you'll stay put. If he knows your mind will not change to Christ's mind, he loves it. Because if he can get you stirred up, he can keep you in your rut. And you'll never love. You'll just aim and try to get to love. All we need is love. Someone's got it. So I think there's a really cool picture. And it's right after we're supposed to be ends. It's crazy that Jesus does it this way. Because if you're not careful with the Good Samaritan story, you can then say, now you need to go out. And everybody you find, you need to help them. And you need to do this. And you need to do this. And you need to go. You need to get them. We're exhausted. We don't know what to do. And we feel empty inside because it's like, oh, my goodness. Like I, I, this doesn't make sense, Pastor. I feel so overwhelmed. I feel like I'm trying to love people, but it's like a juggling act. I've got so many plates in my hand. I never feel full. I never feel satisfied in my life. I know God wants to empty me out, but if he doesn't fill me to portion, then how can I be emptied if it's not even full to start with? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? There's a story right after the Good Samaritan. And I think Jesus is just funny because he's like, all right, here you go. You think you're supposed to be the Samaritan. Now, as they went along their way, Luke chapter 10, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And Martha is us. Because we look around all the time and we say, mm-hmm, Kelly, you ain't doing enough because I'm the Martha. You seen all I've done today, huh? You seen how much I preach? Seen all my studying, seen all my toil. Y'all remember Revelation 2? All the labor that I'm having, all the hard work. I'm better at being a Christian than you are, blah, blah. Some of y'all aren't awake. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Just, what's wrong with her? You know what we call Marys? 
Y'all can say it. You don't have to be. You don't have to be angry or sad or embarrassed that you would say this word. Y'all, it starts with an L and ends with an AZ. <laughs> Some of y'all are really gonna struggle. You got to tap your neighbor and say that means lazy. All right. It says, but Martha was distracted. Someone say distracted. Like this is such a tension-filled message. Pastor, you call us to serve. I do call you to serve, but I want you to serve in your purpose in Christ. If you're serving today at four points, listen to me, and you hate it, quit today. Listen to me, quit today. Well, what if we can't do the next service? I'm pretty sure we can figure it out. If we just have a microphone and me, we'll make it and then we'll figure it out next week. But if you're miserable, then you're toiling and you're laboring, but you can't do it in love because you haven't found you in Christ. And that's most places. That's just not an indictment on you. That's most places in this world today. And she went up to the Lord like we do. God, why are you blessing them? Have you seen what I'm doing? God? I know I'm talking to somebody in here. Y'all are being quiet today, but I'm not the only one that has pity parties with God, am I? God! I do all this for you. What's wrong with you, Jesus? Help me. <laughs> Lord, don't you care that I'm doing all this stuff? I said, you're sitting there. She's leaving me to do all this work. I'm making a place, and I got all this butter out, and I, didn't, I don't even know where to put it. And I had the oven set for 350, and they told me 350, and it was really supposed to be 375, and the rolls didn't get cooked all the way, and I don't know what to do. Help me, Jesus. <sighs> Tell her to help me. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that feels this way sometimes. I went out witnessing to them people. Them people didn't do nothing. (laughs) But the Lord answered her. Sometimes when Jesus answered people in the Bible, I just start laughing because I'm like, you know, that cat was just calm. He didn't get all upset. Like we wanted him to be stirred up, right? We want people to get, when we're anxious, we want people to get anxious with us. And you know, he's like this. He's just laying around. He's lounging. So the word lounging in the Bible means that that dude was laying down elbow like this. I'm not going to do it because I don't know if I'll get up. <laughs> but can y'all picture it? Pretend that I'm lounging. Can y'all picture it? Martha, Martha. <laughs> no, get upset, Jesus. <laughs> Wrong with him. You are anxious and troubled about many things. Can y'all feel it? Yes. But the one thing is necessary. I'm about to preach right now. Mary's chosen, someone say good portion, portion. which will not be taken away from her. Like, this is the problem with the world, y'all. I'm just telling you. I'm about to tear apart those three words, and it's really four, but just pretend good portion is one. I'm I'm, going to tear apart those, those three words and show you why we all end up toiling and laboring and not loving. Because anxiety and trouble are twins that love to go together, and it is crazy what they mean. And then it's crazy what the word portion means. But before I get into it, I need y'all to know this, and I need y'all to get this part. Listen, God has graced you with a portion that is equivalent to what he's called you to. I'm going to say that again because I want y'all to get it. God has graced you, meaning poured on you, given himself to you. That is called favor. God has poured his favor on you with the portion that you need to accomplish what he made you to do. Give us today our daily bread means, God, 
I know that if you've called me, you'll richly supply my need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. You portion to me what I need to accomplish your purpose. Here's the problem with comparison. It is never, someone say never, never. the same. So whenever I look at someone with a microphone in their hand today, because I got brothers and sisters around the world that are preaching today, they're extremely gifted. Some of them are extremely passionate about preaching and they can preach and never look at anything and it's ridiculous and I get jealous and I'm like, how's their brain work that good? Some of them are so meticulous. They're behind a podium today and they read point to point. They read so much, but they have so much information and some of them are, are so loud and some of them are so quiet, but they've been portioned what God portioned them to do. If they walk in their purpose, I don't have to look at them and say, I wish I was them. I can look at me and say, give me what you got for me. Most of the time, because that preaches real good, doesn't it? It's just not what we do, is it? Because most of the time what we do is we say, I like their good portion, God. I'll take their supersized. Some of y'all ain't been to McDonald's in a while. I'll take theirs biggie size. I don't know where that's from, but we'll just go with it. Wendy's. I haven't been there in a while. How many times have we prayed, God, I want more, and not, God, I want what I need today? So, so we focus on the portion and not the good portion that he's already prepared for us. Like This is the problem with Christianity is I beg you for money. If we don't get the hurricane, I know we can't pay that land off. God's already provided that land. We just have to have the good portion. If we don't get more people to volunteer, we'll never grow. We'll never get momentum. We just need the good portion. God's already ordained what he wants us to do. Amen. If we could ever get people to love God, if your pastor ever really walked in this, if we became doers of the word and not just hearers of the word, where we can get excited in a message, get stirred up, confess that we've done something wrong, and then go right back to the same rut that we've been living in forever, everything changes. But the problem is our mindset doesn't change to his way. Because I don't care how many amens we get and how many times I amen me or you. The world sees what we really believe about portion control. I'm not good at portion control. I don't know about y'all, but this week I was with my coaching network and a bunch of pastors in Dallas and then Traveling is really hard to eat good, and so I gained approximately seven and a half pounds this week. To God be the glory, I am succeeding in my New Year's resolution. Hashtag I beat bulimia. All right, so. Sorry if that's rude to y'all. But we went to this place called Maggiano's. Have y'all heard of it? It's this Italian restaurant, and it is a feast. Like, I'm embarrassed, and it was Tuesday, and I'm still full. But I'm, on, I'm of the mentality that if they bring it out, you got to try it or it's rude. <laughs> and it was all amazing. And we left there, y'all, and I laid in my bed. I laid in my, it was like 11 p.m. I'm laying in my bed, this is what I was doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Leah called me, she was still awake. Leah called me, she said, what's wrong? I said, I can't <laughs> I got such bad heartburn. Why you got heartburn? I probably ate 20,000 calories, but I felt like I was supposed to. (laughs) And as silly and goofy as that is, when I think that I can decide what portion I need, it's like Market Maggiano's. I want it all today. How many of y'all know that if we got it all today, it'd crush us? 
Oh my goodness. But if we had any idea how much God had for us, we would want today's portion. Because next week and the week after and 10 years from now, it's unbelievable what God's called us to. And, and most, if not, it's almost every single person that follows Jesus loves the concept of him but never really gets with him because they know he's awesome and he's God and we worship him, but they never really trust him. They never really say yes to him. They hold back, and so they need all their portion today like the prodigal son wants the whole inheritance all at once. We will all make a mess just like him if we had what we got. It's rightfully ours in Christ, y'all. I'm not making this up. He said it's my inheritance in Christ Jesus. But he loves us enough not to dump it on us. He loves us enough to give it to us at the good portion that we need. Now, this is where it gets good. The word anxious, I've used this so many times. If you're a four-pointer, you know this. It's the word marimna. Say marimna. Say it again. Say marimna. It means to be separated from the whole, that God made us to be complete and whole in him. In Christ, I am complete. Colossians 1 says he holds all things together. And that's including you. And whenever I get distracted by doing works and trying to do more, my good portion that God's given me doesn't bless me to make me whole. I, I start looking at yours and saying, I want yours. And I start looking at theirs saying, why don't I get theirs? And I get separated from the whole. Love, let's be real today, isn't even the, in the equation. I'm just angry. Because he made us emotional beings and we get split. That's why the devil doesn't mind you getting what's yours as long as you get it on your terms. That was good preaching. Y'all don't have to say amen. Then the word trouble, I thought this was so interesting. That's the Greek word. We'll just go with it. And it means thrown into confusion. Thrown into confusion. Thrown into confusion. He said, you're anxious, split apart. Double-minded is what James calls it. By the way, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And the reason we keep going back and around and around and around is not because we want to. It's because we choose the wrong portion. We don't choose his portion. We choose our portion. And we continue the cycles that our grandfathers and their grandfathers did before us in hate, even though publicly we'll say we love other people of other color. We privately don't. And it's because it is a curse that we live under. And until we choose God's portion, we will be full of confusion going, why do I feel this way? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? Why do I do what I do? Why do I feel what I feel? How do I find myself in these ugly places? It's because the word Babylon, so in, in Genesis 11, the, um, the people decide they'll get to God. You can't miss this. We'll get to God on our own. So they build this tower called the Tower of Babel. Babylon came from that specific location, and it means to Babel own. It means, it literally, the translation means thrown into confusion. And that day, they didn't even speak the same language anymore. Their hearts were separated from each other. They, they, the, the curse threw them into what they're in today. And I'm saying they, meaning us. We are cursed under sin, but we, it doesn't have to be that way in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean that you'll never sin. It means you already paid for that sin and you get to walk in freedom. So when you're troubled and anxious, trouble's coming to your life, y'all. You can be promised that this week, difficulty's going to come. But if I am split in what I believe, if I'm full of anxiety, if I can't sleep at night because I have so much junk in my life, if I've got to fix it and I've got to make a way, if I never show what Mary did and just rest in him saying, I'll rest 
to work, not work to rest. We all try to get to rest, but God wants you to rest and then go do what he's called you to do today. And they can call me lazy. They can call me whatever I want. But if I do the good portion, watch this. This is so amazing. It's, it's the root for this. It's literally, Maris is the root word for Marimna. It's what this comes from, but it's properly cited. It's the good portion. It's the part that God ordained or destined for me to have. Anytime I get overwhelmed in my life, I don't care what any preacher tells you. This is the facts. I know people have chemical imbalances. I know people have struggles that I can't even comprehend. But anytime I get full of anxiety where I can't even function and I'm troubled to the point that I can't see straight and I stay there, not that it comes, but I stay there, it's because I've decided that I have to work for my portion, that he's not my portion. Psalm 16 says, he is my portion and my deliverer in whom I trust. He's my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my strong tower. God and God alone is that strong tower and that portion in your life. And anytime anything else is anything but God, if God alone, if Jesus Christ alone is not your full portion, then you find yourself anxious and troubled, forgetting that first love that you have, full of anxiety, full of, oh, I don't know how to do this. Why don't they do what I want them to do? And, and we're so troubled that we can't see straight. So we hope we can come to church and the P angel might give us a word that can get us out of it. Can I just tell y'all something? I'm the first of equals. I'm a dude just like half of y'all. I have trouble just like, I'm not special outside of what God sees in me. The works that I do are obedience if I'm right. And are trouble, even if you like them, if I'm wrong. Because it's not about what you do, but what he already did. But the only way, listen to me, that he can be your portion, your strong tower, your deliverer, the one whom you trust, is if you say in your heart, I remember. Someone say remember. Because a lot of times memories are bad things for y'all because you were abused, some of you. You were neglected. But I'm just telling y'all right now, no matter how far away from God you've been, there's one that loves you. That if you'll remember his love for you, everything changes. That if he becomes your portion, you'll go back to the love you had at first. That you won't compare yourselves with everybody because troubled and anxious always compares. You won't be split doing things that you would never even dream of because I'm telling y'all right now, when those two things define our lives, you will do things that you would never dream of and you'll repeat cycles that you hate about yourself. Or, God, this is what's so good about God. Or it doesn't have to be that way anymore. There's a reason that Jesus said, let, your, let not your hearts be. Believe in God, believe also in me that he prepared a place for us and we don't have to hope that we get there someday and we don't have to hope that he clothes us today, that we just get to walk in him and, and rest to work. This is not a message about don't go. This is a message about don't go without him. Amen. So I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I feel like there's some people in this room that needed this message because I really do believe that you belong here and I really do love y'all. And I really do love God, but God is not a, a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of principles. 
And the principle that he wants you to chase after today is seek me first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own problems. You'll be stuck today if you worry about tomorrow. But you can be free in Jesus' name if you trust in him today. He can be your good portion, everybody. Aren't you thankful that God's our portion? I'm just thankful today. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Will you just bow your heads? I feel like the Lord's moving in some of your hearts, and I want to give you a chance to respond. The word saved means that I was lost without hope and then rescued and redeemed by the only one that could. So Mark Pangle cannot save you and your friend cannot save you, but Jesus Christ is your good portion. And the first portion of following Jesus is to trust him and him alone is Lord. Say, you are my Lord. I'm not the Lord of my life and there's no one else that is. I believe you died and rose again, that you paid the price for my sin, and that today I can walk with you in freedom, in Jesus' name. That is what salvation is. It's believing and confessing and then beginning to walk in him. I just need to know, is there anybody in here that would say, I've never done that. I might have done something, but I've never done that. I need Jesus to be first in my life. I'm ready to make him Lord. I want to make him Lord. I'm ready to call him my master and my friend. Today is the day of salvation for you. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Come on, thank you. All over the room, who are you? Who are you? Just throw your hand up. I saw one hand. Is there anybody else? One person put their hand up. I need to know, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? The minute that you believe in your heart, I believe that you're saved. And on your worship guide, in the comments card to fill out, there's a place that says, I've trusted, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior in the upper right corner. I just want you to fill that out for us and acknowledge that you just got saved, that you trusted him. And you don't have to raise your hand. God doesn't save your hand. He saves your heart. And so you can, you can let us know by just dropping it in the offering boxes on the way out the door. But at this time, we're going to let the people getting baptized go ahead and move. And if you just got saved, if you just got saved and you happen to be related to somebody that's getting baptized and you want to do it with them, you're welcome to go right now. We got clothes for you. If you want to get baptized, that'd be amazing. But for everybody else, let me say this. I believe that there's plenty of you that are saved, but you're stuck. Saved, but stuck. I don't want to stir you up and get you down here and lay you out in the floor because we get so emotional. But I want to give you hope today. It doesn't have to be that way anymore. But it takes a mindset shift to his mindset. It takes doing it his way, not your own. No matter how much you like a message, you can be in the same spot tomorrow morning, say, how did I end up here? if your mind's not being renewed. He said, do not conform to the patterns or the thought way, the thought life of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Translation, that's your portion. So I just need to know in here, hand up, hand down, just real quick. Hand up, hand down. 
That's me, Pastor Mark. That's me. I need, I, I'm ready to have a mindset shift. Hand up and hand back down. Hand up and hand back down. God, you see these hands, but more importantly, you know our hearts. And God, some of us are so tired of walking in circles, feeling like we're repeating patterns and we're ready to break some patterns by taking the good portion. God, we choose to love you first and we remember the love we had at first in Christ Jesus. And we thank you that we're no longer slaves to fear, but we're child, we're children of God. Jesus, we love you and we stand and worship you and sing and celebrate baptism. So thank you, God, for being you and for loving us first. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Y'all stand with us.